Good morning, everybody. Yeah, good morning, everybody. That's a good job. Hey, the more interactive this is, the better it's going to be. That's what I'm, you guys can bring some flavor to it. Shout out to my folks over in the video cafe. Hello, or anybody watching online, we're glad you're with us today. Last week, Pastor Brent kicked off this series, Moving Mountains, and he kicked off 21 days of prayer and fasting to go with it. And I got to tell you, I'm fired up about it. See, when he first told me about this series, I was like knocking on his office door, hey, Brent, Brent, let me teach, let me teach, let me teach. I really wanna teach about this, I got something to say. So I'm really fired up. See, I had just come from a church in Alabama, right? I was visiting the church, and this church had a culture of prayer. It was like a prayer movement. They prayed first before everything, and I saw some amazing things that happened, but I didn't really get it until it happened to me. One of their, like, connecting members, her name was, was Miss Debbie. She pulled me aside, she's a little Southern woman, a Southern lawyer with a nice, slow voice, and she prayed for me. And I just felt something different. It was incredible what I felt when Miss Debbie prayed for me. So when I thought, okay, that's what a prayer culture does, I wanna bring that kind of culture here. I wanna talk about being a prayer movement because I believe in the power of prayer. And so that's why I wanna talk to you guys about this today. And it's not too late to join your 21 days of prayer and fasting. Now, some of you guys are here and you're going, okay, this is a little weird. Maybe you're a little skeptical of the prayer thing. Maybe at one point you really believed, but something really bad happened in your life and so you've walked away from God and the church. Or maybe you don't believe at all and you're just being a good son, a good brother, a good husband, a good sister, and you're showing up today and you don't really know what you got yourself into. But I want to say that no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter what you believe, you are welcome here. This is a safe community for you to explore faith in Jesus. I'm glad you're here, welcome. And I know what that's like. I know what that's like because that was me. I didn't grow up in the church. Didn't grow up in the church at all and the prayer thing was always a little odd. See, even when I became a believer, I still wasn't totally sold on prayer. So I'd be like, so I'm supposed to talk to God by myself? and he hears me, and he might even say something back? That sounded crazy to me, absolutely crazy. I wasn't sold on it, but I do remember the first time I tried to pray. See, I'm an unlikely person to be talking about a prayer series, but you'll learn more about why I'm unlikely, but I remember the first time I tried to pray, and it was for a very, very good reason. A very spiritual, a very noble, and a very mature reason, I was trying to impress some girls. <laughs> a few years after I became a believer, I was in college and I decided to take a mission trip with a bunch of fellow college students just like me. Now, why is everybody laughing? I don't understand. Look, if you were alive in 1999, you know that puka shell necklaces were awesome. So I was hanging out with college students just like me and where we went to visit, we were going to church there and this church was building a new building and they had a plan. While the building was being constructed, they were having people sign up for shifts to pray inside the building until it was completed. Now these were one hour shifts, one hour shifts and I thought to myself, how can anybody pray for an hour? Like especially about a building, it's like, 
Lord, thank you for the building. Let it stay standing in your name, amen. Bada bing, bada boom, you're out in like two minutes. But some of the ladies I was on this trip with thought it was an amazing idea. So suddenly, I became a very mature spiritual person (laughs) and signed up for a one-hour shift. Well, the time comes, and it's time to go pray at this church, and we get to the church, and I'm thinking my whole time there, okay, I want them to see me praying, but I also don't know how to pray for an hour, and so I'm thinking, and I'm scheming, and I'm there at the church, and I'm thinking, and I'm thinking, and I'm thinking. And the next thing I know, one of these women wakes me up. I slept through my hour of prayer. (laughs) Slept right through it. My plan to woo them with my spirituality backfired miserably. It was so bad. Now, y'all probably aren't like me. You're probably praying for the right reasons. And I know you're praying for the right reasons because I read some of the prayer request cards that y'all turned in last week. So you've been praying for them as pastors and as a staff. And the ones that I've prayed for, I started to notice some patterns. I started to notice some things, some mountains that we're all praying for. Some of us are praying for a relationship in trouble and we don't know how to fix it. Some of us were praying for a child or a brother and a sister whose life has gone off the rails and they're in serious danger. Some of us were praying for our debt, our financial situation, because it's a mountain of debt and it is absolutely overwhelming. Some of us were wrestling with depression, anxiety, anger, PTSD, other mental health issues, and we're losing hope. It's so dark, we're losing hope, we don't know if it can be better. Some of us are desperately praying for a loved one, desperately praying for someone who's facing a life-altering illness, and we don't know how it's gonna go. These are mountains because they're massive. They're massive and they're in the way of the life that we wanna live. They're also mountains because we can't move them ourselves. So we know we need God and we know we need to pray, but we may not know how to pray. And that's what I'm here to talk about today, how we pray. So how do we ask God for help? How do we pray so mountains move? Does anybody have a mountain they wanna see moved? Yeah, you can raise it. Yeah, you got a mountain you want to see moved? Okay. Y'all my people. So we started talking about this last week with Pastor Brent. And to move mountains, we need an attitude of faith and an action of prayer. Jesus intended that we could be the kind of people that see mountains move because we pray. Did you know that? It's awesome. And this is not just for special people. This isn't just for pastors or priests, or nuns, or Mr. Rogers. This is for everybody. Jesus said this, whoever believes in me will do the same works I have done, and even greater works. Are you a whoever? Let me say, you are a whoever. Are you a whoever? That means y'all, regular people like us. And this is what Jesus said, you can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it. That's a promise. Now, before you go praying to win the lottery or for your boss to get sick or worse, I want you to know God is not a genie. He's not gonna do everything we want when we want it. That's not what Jesus is saying. See, the greater things he's talking about, they're to glorify God, not to glorify us. And that's why it's important to know how to pray, 
how to pray. Jesus' disciples wanted to know this too. They went up to him one day and they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, these guys had been with Jesus for three years and they'd seen all that he's done. They'd seen all the miracles. They'd seen him feed 5,000 people with a couple fish and some loaves of bread. They'd seen him walk on water. They'd seen him calm a stormy sea. They'd seen him heal crippled people so they could walk, blind people so they could see, deaf people so they could hear. They saw everything Jesus did and the only thing they asked for Jesus to show them was how to pray. The only thing they asked for Jesus to show them was how to pray. That tells you that prayer is pretty important, doesn't it? That should tell you that prayer is pretty important. The full power of God on display, that's what they wanted to see. See, prayer is that only thing they taught. They didn't even wanna turn water into wine. But see, these guys weren't asking because they didn't know how to pray. They were asking because they wanted to pray like him. They wanted to pray like Jesus. They wanted to see the greater things. They wanted to see God's power. They wanted to see mountains move. So Jesus explains prayer in three ways because he wants us to get it. He wants us to understand how to pray. So he explains it three different ways with a prayer pattern, a prayer picture, and a prayer promise. Now, the prayer pattern is something that you might have grown up with, the Lord's Prayer. You may have heard this said before. You may not have heard this said before. Many of us pray those words and have prayed those words many times. But this isn't just something to recite. This is a template for powerful prayer. This is a template for the kind of prayers that, get, that God answers. And so I'm gonna go through it and we'll talk about what that means. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Right at the top, the first two words, our Father, the disciples would have had their minds blown. It would have been a huge deal to hear our Father. Because up until this point, it was always the Lord. It was always Yahweh. It was always the almighty creator of the universe, the healer of all things. It was always God on high but this is the first time we've been given permission to call God Father like Jesus did. This would have blown their minds. It's our chance to call God Father. It speaks to a relationship with God. It's a reminder, God loves you. You are a child of God. Are you guys ready to say it with me? Are you ready to say I am a child of God? Okay, on the count of three, one, two, three. I am a child of God. He's our father, you're a child of God. Now if you have kids, you know what this is like, right? I know that when my kids see me, when they're happy to see me, they say, daddy, and they run into my arms. And that fills my heart. It fills my heart more than I could ever imagine. And that's how our prayers can feel to God when we greet him with our father. You're a child of God. Now love, that's where we're starting, right? Love and the relationship but he is still God on high. He is still the Lord Almighty. He is still the creator of the universe. His character, his holiness, he is still a sight to behold. So our Father is still that amazing God. We have the relationship, but we also have his power. So I pray this in my own words, and I encourage you to pray it in your own words. If you got a bookmark when you came in, 
There's a couple of lines below the Lord's Prayer. And as you're praying this week, you can fill it out with your own words, right? This is a template, and you could write it in your own words, and there'll be some power in that. So I'd encourage you to do that this week. Now, when I broke it down the way that I would say it, this first part, Dad, you are amazing. Jesus goes on, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is about giving God control. It's not what I want, it's what you want. See, this is inviting God to intervene in our lives. It's a chance to align with his plans and his purposes instead of our plans and our purposes. See, we want God to be in our lives. We want him to move mountains. It's not our power, it's his power. It's not our power, it's his power. So we need to invite him into our lives to bring a little slice of heaven to us. So we have a relationship, we've established God as almighty authority, and now we're asking him to take control, to move our mountain. Dad, you are amazing, and I trust your way over mine. Give us this day our daily bread. This is our basic needs. God wants us to turn to him for even our basic needs, and God does wanna help you. So if you're struggling with some of your basic everyday needs, pray this prayer, give us our daily bread. And if God is meeting your everyday needs, be thankful, because for so many, it's a struggle just to survive. Not just here, but around the world. It's an opportunity to be thankful. Dad, you are amazing, and I trust your way over mine. You give me all I need. Jesus continues in the prayer, and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. See, we have to ask for forgiveness daily because we mess up daily, don't we? I know that I mess up daily. We call that sin, and that sin disconnects us from our Father God. Now, I wanna explain, this isn't about your salvation. You can't sin your way out of being saved. That's not what this is saying, but your dad can be mad at you. You can be disconnected from your father. So this is what disconnects us from our father. But see, if we ask, we will be forgiven. He is a God full of grace, and he can forgive you more times than you could ever sin. You cannot out-sin God. You just cannot. Now, because you're forgiven, God also asks you to forgive. Now, being forgiven feels kind of warm and fuzzy, Asking to forgive, especially that one person, that hurts. Maybe causes some abdominal pain, maybe some gas or upset stomach. But if you do not forgive, you will hold on to the pain and you will become bitter. A great author, Anne Lamott, describes not forgiving this way. It's like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. See, when you don't forgive, you're not helping yourself, you're helping the other person. See, forgiveness isn't for them, forgiveness is for you. You let go of what that person has done and you stop it from having so much power over you. You let go of it and let it go. That's why he's asking us to forgive. Don't get bitter, get better and forgive. Unforgiveness is one of those things that holds us back from the life we want. I've seen people that hold on to these hurts and these wounds and they refuse to forgive, they cannot grow spiritually. You cannot keep growing if you don't forgive. And I've seen people that can't forgive 
God doesn't answer those prayers and move those mountains. It can get in the way of that. You need to forgive. That's what he's saying to do here. Dad, you are amazing, and I trust your way over mine. You give me all I need. Forgive me when I mess up, and help me to forgive others. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. See, this is triumphing over anything that gets us off of track, off of God's track, okay? So what tempts you? Jesus doesn't want us just to pray, lead us not into temptation, right? Generic temptation. What tempts you and fill that in? Pray about a drug addiction. Pray about a porn addiction. Pray about binge eating, binge drinking. God, pray about self-harm and manic episodes. Pray about anything that gets you off of God's track. Pray about that affair you're thinking about having. Pray about whatever tempts you. Fill in the blank and pray about it specifically because specific prayers get specific answers. See, it's gonna take more than physical willpower to stay on God's path. It is, it's gonna take more than physical willpower. We talked about that in our rut series a couple weeks ago, right? These things are deeply in our brain, deeply there, sometimes subconscious, and so we have to change the way we think, and that doesn't just require physical power, it requires spiritual power. Dad, you are amazing, and I trust your way over mine. You give me all I need. Forgive me when I mess up, and help me forgive others. God, help me overcome the things that tempt me, fill in whatever those are. I don't wanna give in to evil. Something I noticed in looking at this prayer is that every line is about God. It's not about us. Every line of this prayer is about God. So we have to be humble. We have to be humble. That's how we pray. See, all humble means in this context is you are God, all-powerful, and we are not. It's just letting God be God and us be us. Now, I'm gonna date myself again, like the puka shell necklace, but if you go back to the movie Wayne's World, do you guys remember the movie Wayne's World? I'm looking at this young woman in the front row, and I'm like, you have no idea what Wayne's World is, and that's okay. <laughs> but remember they do, we're not worthy, we're not worthy. Thank you guys for getting that. The last couple of services were like, oh, what's Wayne's World? Come on. <laughs> That's what being humble is. We're not worthy. You're God, I'm not. You take care of this. See, when we humble ourselves and admit we need his help, that's what it means to pray like Jesus. We submit our desires and plans to God's desires and plans, and that's when he can change things. See, we so often think about prayer as changing our situation but we miss the fact that prayer changes us. Oh, that's good, you know I'm gonna say that again. Prayer doesn't just change your situation, prayer changes you. Okay, I don't think some people got that. Prayer doesn't just change your situation, prayer changes you. That will preach right there. Let me get going. When we pray like Jesus, we are humble. And Jesus went on to paint a prayer picture. It's a story to show us what that looks like. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me. The door is locked for the night and my family and I are all in bed. 
I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. Ooh, Jesus paints a picture of this story of how to pray. Okay, in this culture, they valued hospitality so much. If somebody showed up to your house, you were expected to treat them well. Not just allow them to stay with you, but feed them well. So this is a, a possible scenario, and it's a big one for the disciples. See, shameless persistence, like the person knocking, will get you what you're after. But you can't give up. See, if you're not persistent, the mountains won't move. If you give up, you won't see greater things. If you quit, you can't pray like Jesus. See, if we humble ourselves and we're shamelessly persistent, Jesus explains what this means. And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. See, this is the principle from the picture. How do we be shamelessly persistent? We ask, we seek, we knock. This is three different levels of prayer persistence. See, asking is simpler. This is where we ask, and God answers. If you're new to church, skeptical of this God thing, start here. Just talk to God about what you're facing. Talk to God about even the small stuff, the everyday things in your life, and say, hey God, will you take care of this for me? I need help. Because prayer is just talking to God. It's just talking to God. There's no magical way to pray or, or anything like that. You gotta talk to God. That's what prayer is. And if you're asking him, ask him to move your mountain. Even if you've never prayed before, start with praying for him to move your mountain. Sometimes that's all it takes. I've seen mountains move because somebody just had the faith to try and pray. Now, this isn't always how it works. We ask God answers. Sometimes it's harder than that. So if God doesn't answer, you continue in shameless persistence to seeking. Now seeking is a different level. It's deeper and it requires we have more persistence. This is where the answers don't come as fast. And we start to wonder, can God even hear me? Is God even listening? Does God care about me? See, greater things are always preceded by greater desire. You gotta have the desire before the greater things come. Shameless persistence is about having endurance. It works out our faith muscles and we get strong if we continue to pray for something, pray for something. And it requires that we remain humble so that he gets the credit. Is it our power that moves the mountains? It's God's power that moves the mountains. And if he doesn't answer, if he doesn't move your mountain, you go to the deepest level, which is knocking. This is shameless persistence, knocking. You remember that annoying neighbor, right? Going to the house in the middle of the night trying to get some bread? Okay, now if you're knocking on a door, how do you knock? Are you a two knocker? Are you a three knocker? Or are you like Sheldon? Penny, 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 Penny. But this is when we're pleading. We're begging with God. Open the door, God. We hit our knees in desperation. We don't know what to do. 
Open the door, God. We come to the end of ourselves, our limit, our breaking point. We don't know what else to do, we're about to lose it. Open the door, God, open the door. That's knocking with shameless persistence. And let me say this, when the answers come the slowest, God's answers are the greatest. Where the answers come the slowest, God's answers are the greatest. That's when you see greater things. That's when you see mountains move. When we pray like Jesus, when we're humble, when we have shameless persistence, when we ask, we seek, and we knock, Jesus gives us a prayer promise. He said, you fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how, to give good, good, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? That's a prayer promise. It's about the nature of God. He's our Father, and he's a good Father. A good, good Father. See, parents, we're jacked up. Do I have any jacked up parents in here, or is it just me? No? Okay. But you still wanna give good gifts to your children. Right? You still want to see the smiles on their faces when you do that. So how much more will God want to do that for us? See, I'm a parent, and I'm definitely not perfect, but I still want to give my kids good gifts. I still do. See, but I also don't give them all they ask when they ask for it. I mean, they're three and they're seven. They want Cheetos and Skittles for breakfast. See, I want them to be happy, but I don't give them everything they want when they want it because that is not what really makes them happy. My job as a parent, as a father, is to give them what is best, to give them what is good. And God loves us like that. God loves you and me like that. Getting everything you want when you want it is not what's best for you. See, God may not give you everything you want, but God will give you what is good. Ooh. Come on. God may not give you what you want, but he will give you what is good. That's a promise. God may not give you everything you want when you want it, but he will give you what is good. He will. That's a promise. That's Jesus' promise when we pray with shameless persistence. Do you want to see some mountains move? Okay, who wants to see mountains move in their life? Yeah, okay. Well, if you wanna see mountains move, this is what I need you to do. We started 21 days of prayer and fasting. And whether you started last week or didn't start last week or didn't know about it, jump in and get started. Jump in and pray. There are a lot of ways to pray. There's a 21 days of prayer booklet. There should be some still back there. These things are going like hotcakes, so there might not be enough available. Last week, if you were here, you saw all of our staff folding them in the lobby because we could not keep enough. And my mom even folded. Like my mom, that's a kind of embarrassing, right? Like my, yeah, she showed up and was like, okay, here you go. We couldn't fold them fast enough, so these are great. So take one if you can get one. And if you can't, all of these prayers, and these prayers are written out, right? So if you don't know what to pray, our prayer team, who was fantastic, wrote out prayers for you to pray for each of these 21 days. All you have to do is read it, okay? These prayers are gonna be available on our Facebook page as well. They're gonna post every day so you can pray the prayer. 
And if that's still not enough, text PRAY, just the word PRAY, text PRAY to 210-880-2290. I'm gonna leave that on the screen in case you wanna take a picture of it. Some of our people that are better with their phones have already texted PRAY while that was happening. It will deliver that daily prayer to your phone. It will come right to your phone at eight in the morning and you'll have that daily prayer. Y'all, you're running out of reasons not to do this. It's there, you can do it. Now, if the faith of one person, the faith the size of a mustard seed from one person can move a mountain, what would happen if we all prayed? What would happen if we all prayed together for each other? Man, we would see mountains thrown over to the Adriatic Sea, not even on the Atlantic or the Gulf of Mexico. We would see mountains move. Imagine what would happen if we all prayed. Now, fasting. If you're fasting, I want to encourage you, don't give up. You have to have shameless persistence when you're fasting. But I know that it's hard. See, I'm fasting from social media, and I'm a really big social media person, and so I'm really missing all of your selfies um, that it took 47 tries to get. I know how it works. And I'm missing, like, can somebody just show me a picture of your dinner from last night? <laughs> like, I really, I really need to see where you ate. All right, I'm kind of itching for it, okay? Maybe you're having trouble too, but I want to encourage you. But even if you messed up, even if you ate what you weren't supposed to eat, even if you scrolled what you weren't supposed to scroll, even if you did what you promised God you wouldn't do, pick it back up or start, get started. It requires shameless persistence. It doesn't require shameless perfection. Persistence, not perfection. I haven't said that yet today, and that's good too. God's not going to ignore you because you had a carb. That's not how fasting works. God isn't gonna ignore you like, oh, well, I was gonna move that mountain, but they had some bread from the Olive Garden. Moving on to the next prayer. No, 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 keep going. When you mess up, get back up. That's what persistence is. So get back up. See, fasting disconnects us from all the things that are barriers to God. Fasting disconnects us from all the bad things, the things of our sinful nature and allows us to focus on God. We substitute that focus. Fasting changes us. And that's why we need to have shameless persistence. Don't give up. Now, I know that you have a mountain, and this is what I'm asking you to do. Knock. With shameless persistence, knock. In fact, knock right now on your chair or on your neighbor's head. Uh, knock on something. Do I got knockers out there? Are we gonna knock? Yes, you need to knock with shameless persistence. Because if you give up, you will not see God's power. If you give up, your mountain will not be moved. If you give up, you cannot pray like Jesus. And let me tell you, we're not doing this for just three weeks. We wanna be a culture of prayer. We wanna be a people of prayer. And here's how that works. If you become a person that prays, and you become a person that prays, and you become a person that prays, all of a sudden, we're a people of prayer. And if we're a people of prayer, we become a prayer movement. And what do you think a prayer movement does with mountains? They move them right out of the dang way. That's what a prayer movement does. Yeah, I want you to be people of prayer. 
Because when we pray, miracles happen, and I've seen it happen here. I've seen relationships where the divorce papers are signed and they're headed to the lawyer and they go, eh, let's see what City Church has to offer on Wednesday night. They get into our marriage program and their marriage is better than it's ever been before. I've seen people with an illness, with an illness, that doctors go, we can't do anything about it. And people prayed for it. They go back to the doctor and they go, I don't know what we saw. That x-ray must have been wrong but we know the x-ray wasn't wrong, is that God is right. I've seen people struggling with mental illness, anxiety, depression, suicide, self-harm, and I've seen those people lifted out of the pit of despair and into hope. If you're desperate, I can't promise you God is gonna answer your prayer right now, but I can promise you you can leave with hope if you are shamelessly persistent. I know because it happened to me. God is doing that in my life. Praying changes things. He moves mountains. So what we're gonna do right now is I want you to stand up and we're gonna say the Lord's Prayer together and then we're gonna sing the Lord's Prayer together. Some of y'all know it, some of you don't. The words are on the screen. Let's do it together. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, amen.